Hello, and welcome to the Remaking Your Mind podcast, a place where we deep dive into how reclaiming the narrative that plays in your mind through making small adjustments in the way you think can vastly improve your quality of life. I'm Camille, your host, and today I'm going to be talking about storytelling and documenting your life. Um, As many of you know, I am a huge writing advocate, but I want to make this very clear. This subject is not actually specifically about writing. It is just about storytelling and documenting your life, which you can accomplish in many, many different methods. Um, It's just something that has really been on my heart lately. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, This summer, the Lord really put it on my heart that I needed to learn how to express my testimony um, fully from beginning to end, which means from the beginning of my life until the present, and just really find ways to see him in my whole story, in every part of my story. And so um, he, for months now, has been, you know, nudging me, politely guiding me however you want to put it towards storytelling more and more and more and I have always been a storyteller whether that is somebody who likes to write um, science fiction and fantasy or whether it's somebody who just likes to share about life and share about experiences Um, you know most of my friends can attest to the fact that I can be a bit of a storyteller and be a bit long-winded but the Lord has really put it on my heart that this passion I have for storytelling that there's like a reason behind that and that he wants me to do something with it for myself and for the people that I care about and that there's something to it right there's something to it and so I just felt like having kind of an open dialogue about what's been going on in my head when it comes to this subject um During the summer, I had a lot, a lot of projects, not just this podcast, but I did a decent amount, not as much as I wanted, of photography. Um, I started to get really interested in videography and treated myself to a small, um, small compact video camera that I have been too busy at work to use, but I am still so excited for the day in which I will have time to do those projects. And I also started my testimony project, which is um, something I don't know if I will ever share with anyone but it's something that has um, definitely, you know, he has called out to me about it and I am trying my best to answer. I will be completely transparent with you guys um, because I am somebody who believes that vulnerability is strength and somebody who knows that God wants us to be clear and be truthful about our situation. And I will say that even though I know very clearly that he told me to tell my story not necessarily to anyone but just you know for my own mental health for my own healing for my own growth I struggled so much so much I am somebody who I can write and write and write and write and if I'm in the company of people that I feel comfortable with I can talk and talk and talk and talk and yet somehow I was so guarded and so like just stuck I was just stuck and so I kept trying and kept trying and I kept failing and I kept failing and it was really difficult and even now as I confess this to you I have not gotten very far I've gotten further in the last couple of you know weeks maybe a little bit like two months ish than I have in the three months before that in which I knew that he put it on my heart to start these types of things um but it took it it's 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 (laughs) oh you can tell by my stutter um it's a process 
it's a process. And so the reason I decided to make a podcast episode about storytelling and documenting your life is because it is something that is really impacting me right now. And it is something that is on my mind all the time, all the time in some capacity. I am thinking about this subject. And I think that God is doing that so that I start to open my mouth. Um, Because one of those things that you'll learn about me is that I'm somebody who can process things for a very long time. And so even though I can be quite the chatty Cathy around my friends, there will be times where something will be put on my heart and I won't, will not speak about it for months and months and months. And then one day, like something will click and then it just all starts, starts pouring out. Um, and that's just kind of how I operate is I'll chew on something in silence and without acknowledging it to other people for a long, long period of time. And then even then, if I somehow reveal that I'm doing that, it'll be like a passing conversation or even a passing comment where I'll mention it, but I won't emphasize it or I'll talk about it, but I won't go in depth about it. And I'll do this kind of like, I won't acknowledge the extent in which it is an everyday part of my existence because I'm just somebody who, when I think about something deeply, like I think about it deeply and I like think about it regularly. And so this is a subject that I am not kidding you has been inside my head for six plus months at this point. Um, You know, I kind of lost track. Um, It definitely hit hard when COVID started. So I would say, um, yeah, so like at least March, you know, March is when this really started. And then it's just been going very slowly because I was so resistant and I just had so much kind of inner stuff going on. And then now I feel like I'm just slowly just and randomly making these really big breakthroughs. Um, And so I think why I decided to make this very rambly episode is because I want to share with you guys some of the things that I have learned so far and why, even though I struggle so, that I am still determined to pursue this line of expression, of inquiry. Um, I think that, you know, God has something to say when he, when he tells you something and then he makes it clear that this isn't going to go away there's a reason for that is he is inviting me into intimacy with him he's inviting me into growth with him he's inviting me into a place more full than the place i am in and he is helping me take those steps no matter how frightened and confused and resistant i might be um, and so one of some of the things that he's taught me as I have been chewing on this subject is that it sounds simple and cliche, but storytelling is extremely important. It's extremely important. Some of the ways that he has shown that to me is that there is a lack of knowledge about each other in the world. I know that's a very vague and very broad statement, but I will talk a little bit more in depth about it in my life. So I have a little sister. We are 10 years apart and 10 years is a pretty big age gap. And so, you know, even when she was alive and kicking, you know, I was a high schooler and so we had very different lives. She was an infant and I was, you know, or a baby and I was in high school. And so 
really large parts of my life, um, she either wasn't there, you know, because of the big age difference, or she was so young that she doesn't remember it. Um, and so now that we are both older, um, I'm, you know, 28, and she's 18. We have a lot of conversations about what my life was like, either when, you know, before she was around or when she was really little, because she has no idea. She has no idea. And so there's all these stories about my life, especially because we had very opposite upbringings. You know, I moved around a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton. When I was younger, I moved over eight times before I was 14. And, you know, she was, you know, an infant during some of those moves. So yes, technically they happen, but she does, she has no recollection of them. She doesn't, she doesn't remember moving. She doesn't remember living in these different places. And so, she, you know, she um, grew up in our hometown ever since she was four years old. And then she didn't move until, you know, she was in her late teens. And so she had a very opposite um, experience as a child than I did. Um, and so there's just so many differences in how our family operated, where our family was located, the different cultures that we were in, the different environments that we were in, the different people that played significant roles in our lives. So many differences. And so we have gotten to the point where a lot of times when we spend time together, I end up telling her stories about our family, about our grandparents, about me, you know, about the different places that we lived and the different cultures that we are in and the different foods that we had and just like all these different things that she has absolutely no either no memory of or she just wasn't there and it just really reminded me of how you just don't like life is so rich and it's so full and you don't realize how much those stories matter until you're sitting there with somebody who means everything to you and they don't know those things and so it just hit me really hard that like it is so important to me to tell those stories to my sister because she's my sister and I love her and I want her to have that knowledge of our family and our history and it also made me realize that like people that played really big roles in my life she either barely knew them or still, you know, or doesn't know them at all, or still doesn't, you know, still barely knows them. Like we, even our relationships with our family are extremely different, like extended family. Like I had seasons of my life where, you know, certain aunts and uncles were around all the time. Like they helped raise me. They helped take care of me. Like they were a part of me becoming who I am today. You know, I had years of my life where, you know, my grandparents raised me and, so like my grandparents are a huge part of who I am today, a huge and fundamental part of who I am today. And she barely knew them, you know? And so there's just these like gigantic differences, even in the types of relationships we have with our family, what that looks like, how long they've been around, you know, all this stuff. And there's some things, there's some lessons that God has taught me through this, um, whether I'm sharing with my little sister, whether I'm sharing with one of my cousins, you know, who we have a lot in common when it comes to um, just our background and stuff, you know, whether I'm sharing with coworkers or friends, what he's shown me through all of these experiences where I've started to open up about stories, um, especially to family, is that there is something unique and powerful about sharing your life stories with people that you love and there's something 
you know, it's like an, it's an expression of love. It's like its own, it's almost its own love language. And I know that that's not in like the classic love languages or whatever, but I really genuinely feel like sharing your life story and listening to other people's life stories is like its own love language because feeling known like really known like known deeply and feeling loved feel extremely similar and feeling connected and feeling known feel extremely similar and so I realized that every time we shared stories together every time she asked me questions about our grandparents or about our cousins or about our uncles and I shared another story about what my life was like growing up with them every time we created equal ground between us based on the fact that she now knows aspects of my life and my experiences that she wasn't there for you know has created a stronger bond between us has created a sense of knowing between us and has created a stronger sense of love between us and so not only is that true and can be true between any people any two people whether it's strangers or friends or co-workers or family but it is uniquely true with people that you already know that you love that you already know are important to you there's something kind of extra about pouring into those relationships the stories that you have to share and it's interesting too because you know if you think about like movies and shows and even podcasts and other forms of media like what's really happening there there's there's a story being told there and there's a connection being formed there and you can literally watch a movie and feel connected to somebody and have never met them and have never looked them in the eyes and they don't even know your name and you feel connected to them I mean come on like you know people feel connected to characters like Hagrid and you know Hermione and you know people feel connected to you know things that aren't even real based on storytelling um you know, people feel connected to just characters based on storytelling. And so there's something there that the Lord just keeps kind of putting his finger on and keeps saying, Camille, you need to pay attention to this. And so I just felt like, even though this is kind of rambly and I don't exactly know exactly what direction we're going in, it's just something that I really needed to share and just make that point that like storytelling, sharing your life, documenting your life that is something there is something really powerful going on there and it's something that not it doesn't just affect you and it doesn't just affect the people that you might have told you know in that moment but it can also affect like the quality and the foundation of that relationship and connect you know and connect you at a deeper level and a more um a level that is sustainable if that means no I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for a level that is powerful and you know this documenting documenting your life you know maybe you're a writer like me and just jotting every little thing down in your brain makes you feel great or maybe you're somebody who's just like oh Camille that's a waste of time like I don't enjoy doing that that is completely completely okay but I would encourage you to find a way to document your life 
whether it's through video or through, you know, audio recordings or through typing on your notes on your phone or I don't know. I don't know. I don't really care, to be honest with you. I'm not specific about the platform in which you use. I'm more emphasizing the fact in which you do it because life is a gift. It is a gift and it is complex. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into a human life. You know, all the relationships, all of the connections, all of the environments, all of the cultures, all of the lessons, all of the blessings, all of the trials, right? All of the confusion, all of the growth. There's just so much that goes on in a human life and there is so much value to be had. And when you document your life, you're celebrating your life and you're giving other people the opportunity to learn from your life. And that is important because not only are you providing people with an opportunity to better understand you, you're providing yourself with a better opportunity to understand yourself. You're providing them insight into what the world was like when you were around and what the world was like through your eyes. You're providing them with insight into how to connect with you, into realizing who you are and why you are the way you are, because we are all who we are for a reason. You know, people aren't senseless. They're not just this, you know, reckless, random nonsense. We are a culmination of our experiences, of our cultures, of our relationships, of our life lessons. We are a embodiment of everything that we have ever been given or been exposed to received or went through we have so much inside of us and there is so much to be learned from that you know i've always been a firm believer that the human mind just one single brain which is what like 20 pounds 15 pounds of flesh is like its own world, like its own world. Like I genuinely believe that. I think that there's so much thought and experience and emotion and expression and life in one single human being that it's like we're just worlds colliding together and interacting with each other. And I think that when you document your life, you are setting yourself up to appreciate your life and even if that's the only thing that happens even if nobody else reads it just you you are still conditioning yourself to recognize the value of your life and that is so important and it's allowing you the opportunity to learn from your past and to really appreciate how far you've come. And I think too, something that I've probably um, already acknowledged in other podcast episodes, just because I have talked a lot about writing techniques, it is so easy to forget, period. It's so easy to forget. It's so easy to forget the joys. It's so easy to forget the moments that make up your life. It's so easy to forget 
the significance of kindness and compassion and patience. It's so easy to overlook those things that make your life full and abundant because maybe you noticed it when it happened, but you forgot when it was over. And so documenting your life, it allows you to really see the richness of life and recognize just how much worth is in that. Because even when life is messy and confusing and painful, and even when you don't know, you don't know what you're doing or where you want to go or what kind of person, you know, you're the fully, what kind of person you want to become or whatever it is, whatever the questions are in your life, like documenting your life, it allows you to still continue to grow. And it gives you a platform to connect with generations to come. And that is the second part to me that is just so profound. And maybe it's because I have a sister that's 10 years younger than me. Maybe it's because I hope to be a parent one day. Maybe it's because, you know, I help teenagers for a living. And so I talk to the generations that are coming up. But I have come to recognize especially as somebody who was raised in part by my grandparents, the huge significance of story. Because Adia, my little sister, she barely knew my grandparents, like barely at all. Like she has memories of them, sure, but they were so much older by the time she could really remember interacting with them. And so they were very different. She didn't get to experience them when they were younger. And so that, you know, changed the dynamics significantly. She wasn't raised by them like I was. That changed the dynamic significantly. And so she didn't know them like I knew them, you know, let alone know them like my mom knew them. And so, you know, our grandparents, that, that particular set of grandparents, in order for her to feel connected to them, she needs those stories. Like those stories are what make her feel connected to them because she didn't have that opportunity to make those connection on, you know, for herself. And so in order to really know them, she has to rely on us, the ones who got to know them. And so there's that piece, right? And then another thing too, another thing too, I've been thinking about my grandparents a lot, a lot, especially my grandpa or mostly my grandpa, to be honest. And one of the things that I realized too, the significance and the importance of documenting your life and storytelling is that there is so much um, grief and loss and a feeling of lack when those stories aren't there um, or there's information that's missing or, you know, my grandparents passed away um, when I was... My last year in college, um, my my grandpa passed away, and that was, gosh, coming up on six years ago now. And I still, if I'm being really transparent, I still mourn him, and I still grieve because he was so important to me, and I loved him so much, and he played such a big role in my life and he isn't here anymore. And, um, so I think about him a lot. 
And one of the things I've had to realize and come to terms with and heal from is the fact that I'm disappointed um, that we don't have more information about his life. I think, you know, we all of us who were raised by him um, have a lot of stories to tell and have a lot of, you know, recounts of our experiences with him. But ultimately, he lived a big life and a full life. And we only know so much about it. And that for me isn't very much. And that really upsets me. <laughs> if I'm being really, you know, really honest. Um, I wish I had something, you know, like I wish I had like a journal or a video or, you know, more pictures um, or just 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 something, right? There's pictures out there, um, for sure. And I could probably hunt down more, um, cause our family's big and I, you know, I can think of a couple of relatives that probably have some, but I just feel like, you know, he was in the military and I want to know about those experiences. And he, you know, ran a restaurant for years and years. He had a family business where, you know, he had a restaurant and I, I want to know more. I want to know those stories. And so it just hurts knowing that somebody you loved so much and all of that life, so much of it wasn't given the, um, the space that I feel like it should have been given. You know, I wish that I had had the wherewithal when I was younger to make videos of grandpa telling stories about the restaurant and about the military and about growing up and about raising his five kids. I wish I had known to do that. I wish I had thought to do that. Uh, I wish that I had, you know, taken the time to document um, him sharing life stories with us. And the fact that that didn't happen really upsets me because here I have somebody who was so fundamental to my life and yet I know so little about his and that's not a good feeling um and so I know that I can ask you know my mom about him and she could probably tell me some more stuff and I will do that of course I'll do that um, and I know I could probably ask, you know, she has four siblings and I could probably ask them to tell me stories, but man, man, you know, wouldn't it have been nice if I could sit back and listen to recordings of grandpa telling me about his childhood and grandpa telling me about what it was like to be in the military and all these things. Wouldn't it have been nice if I could hear it from him, from his perspective, from his voice from his expression, wouldn't it have been nice to have that piece of him to hold on to and pass down to my sister? And so it's something that like, I'm just trying to process and heal from the fact that there was such a lack of that. And I don't like that. And I don't want to make the same mistake with me or with anyone else in my life. Like, honestly, there's almost this drive not only to tell my story, um, but to tell, help other people tell their stories. And it's interesting because there's certain parts of my story um, that I am excited to tell. 
um, you know, I've lived a good life and a full life and an exciting life. And there's so many stories in my life that are really fun to tell. Um, you know, I look forward to having a podcast episode where I tell the story of my grandpa or the stories, I should say, because there's many of my grandpa. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to and something that I've been planning to do for a long time. But there's other aspects of my story, and I'm sure this is something that everybody can relate to, um, that I'm not, I don't want to share. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's this thing where, again, I'm being transparent because I feel like the Lord is calling me to be, um, and I feel like he's been telling me to to step out and courage about this subject for a long time. And just everywhere I turn lately, I've been reminded more and more and more. So I'm like already processing it, on, processing it on my own. But yet somehow the world keeps telling me like, okay, you need to keep moving forward with this. Even though you're thinking about it a lot, you're not moving forward. And so that's why I made this episode. But um, I digress. I look at my life and I think to myself... Who would want to hear that story? I think, I don't know if anyone would want to hear that story. Because my life, man, there are some really, truly treasurable moments. Some, so many, so many moments of joy and wonder and adventure and goodness. You know, I've lived a good life. But on the other hand, there is some very large pieces of my life um, that were this undercurrent of some very dark things. And they're things that I hid from lots of if not all people, for very long periods of time. And it's interesting when God calls you out of darkness because when you've been there for so long, it's like this alien feeling to to make a different choice. And so when I look at my testimony project, um, and when I try to be honest about what I went through and what I was thinking when I went through it, it is very hard because my brain just keeps telling me over and over and over again, who the hell would ever want to hear this? Like, nobody's going to want to hear this. Like, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. People want joy and excitement and adventure and happiness and rainbows and sunshine. And they want to hear about the good, right? We want to hear about the good. They don't want to hear about seasons of um, very difficult things. They don't want to hear about you know, mental illness and trauma and, you know, abuse and just, just dark things. Um, and, and then they don't want to hear, not only do they not want to hear that those things happened, but they certainly don't want to hear 
how it affected you, right? What it did to you. Um, and so, you know, I am a trauma survivor and I have acknowledged my trauma, um, many times at this point, but it's always been this kind of vague acknowledgement with surface level description of, you know, I was abused, this was the condition, but I never talked about how it affected me, I never talked about what it did to me, and so it's one of those things where, like, it's interesting when you go through stuff like that, because there's a part of you that wants to scream it from the rooftops, if I'm going to be really honest, which apparently this whole this whole episode is about being honest. Um, there's a part of you, or a part of me, I should say, I shouldn't speak for all trauma survivors, I'll just speak for myself. Um, there's a part of me that feels like silence is the same as acceptance, and acceptance is the same as approval. And so when you stay silent, you're approving of what happened. That's how it feels. I'm not saying that that's how it is, but I'm saying that that's how it feels. And so there's a part of me as a trauma survivor, there's this little part of me that kind of rears its ugly head sometimes and then kind of goes back down into its little cave that wants to shout from the rooftops everything I've ever gone through. That wants to grab a megaphone and just scream it to the world all the terrible things that I've experienced because that silence seems to be hurting me more than what actually happened. The fact that there's an acceptance and a, an approval of what happened almost hurts more than the fact that it happened. And it's a feeling that, you know, I've been a trauma survivor now for God so long. (laughs) You know, I have been through the ringer and have been healing from it and moving forward and growing as a person and being healed by Jesus for a long time. And so, you know, I am somebody, I consider myself a happy person. I've definitely had a lot of stress (laughs) in my life recently. Um, and have gone through some really rough seasons when it comes to just feeling isolated and feeling discouraged and feeling overwhelmed. But I mean, at this point, in my opinion, that's just COVID. Like COVID just hit us all and we all had to figure out how to deal with it. And it hurt some of us more than others. And so to me, it was just like, whatever, like it just is what it is. It's the condition of the world right now. Um, But it's interesting because to me, it was like, so that was one thing, right? So there's this this weird, almost paradox that occurs for me as a trauma survivor where on one hand, I don't want it to feel like people are okay with what happened to me, that they approve of what happened to me, that there is this acceptance of what happened to me because it's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. Um, 
And so there's kind of that fighter in me that's just like, man, I should just tell the, you know, just just get it out there. Just get that information out there. Just let them know the truth of what really happened so that we can finally acknowledge, you know, that it wasn't okay. So they can finally stop feeling like the rest of the world thought it was okay. Because it isn't. Um, And then there's this other part of me which is definitely the most dominant part, which is why so very few people know anything about what happened that says you protect the people you care about. And you protect them at any cost. And you don't just protect them from the world, but you protect them from yourself. And that part of me has been much louder and much stronger than any other part of me and that part of me has prevented me from telling much of anything about what I went through so obviously I have whether for my own health for my own sanity for my own growth I have kind of pushed myself to include my trauma in my testimony um you know, as a Christian, I've told my testimony in many environments um, around various different groups of people. And so when I share my testimony, oftentimes there will be an acknowledgement of trauma. Um, I have also kind of given basic info about it. Like, obviously, I didn't say what happened, but I said, you know, like, I don't know, just very basic info. Um, so that has happened. And that was really hard for me. I still I still look back on times in which I've told my testimony and included my trauma and I still feel guilty. And so there is that piece of it too, is like when you have been through something really dark and then you acknowledge it to someone else, even if all you did was acknowledge that it happened, it's so dark that you feel guilty. You feel like, you failed. You failed and you brought that darkness into someone else's life. And how dare you do that? Like, how dare you put them at risk kind of thing? And so there's this part of me that like, I'm such a huge advocate for telling stories. And I just think that life is so incredible and it's so powerful and it's so important And I genuinely believe that God has called me to process my own testimony. Um, And I'm trying to do that. But then there's this part of me that I'm, you know, confessing to you guys over this. That is just like, I'm just kind of at a loss when it comes to my trauma because it's dark. (laughs) And why expose anyone else to that? You know, like life is hard. It just is right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are or what you look like or what your gender is or what your age is or what your race is. Like we live in a fallen world. Like there's, it's tough. It's tough sometimes, not all the time, not all the time. There are plenty of times where life can be easy, breezy, but you know, I know, I know with complete and utter certainty that I have lived a blessed life. 
that I've lived a life full of God's goodness, his grace, his love, and his mercy. I know that I have lived a life worth cherishing and a life worth being proud of in some ways. You know, not in all ways, but in some ways. And yet, here I am looking at these really big pieces of my life and my story and just thinking every single time I even try to talk about them, I just think nobody is ever going to want to hear that. And so I wonder what God is teaching me in there, you know, because he's taught me, look at how powerful these stories are. Look at how much you wish you had your grandpa's stories. Look at how much you feel like you're taking better care of your sister because you share stories with her. Look at how much you are motivated to tell your grandpa's story because he meant so much to you and you want to be able to celebrate his life in that way. Look at how many times I have motivated you to tell your story and to work on your testimony and to grow in that way and enrich your life, your intimacy with me, your intimacy with others. Look at that. Look at what I've done to show you how significant this is. And yet here you are saying that your life isn't one worth sharing. So what's going on there? What's going on there? And I think, I'm not saying that my whole life isn't worth sharing, obviously. But, you know, I think that he is calling me to tell my whole story. And I don't know how to do that. Because this reservation is so strong. It's, I've been literally fighting it for s- at least six months. Um, and it just doesn't seem to go away. And so I'm kind of processing it here with you guys. And just acknowledging it here with you guys. And then also maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you're somebody who thinks that there's aspects of your story that nobody wants to hear. And maybe God is calling you to have this conversation with him just as I'm having this conversation with him. I think that a lot of times when I tell people to document their life, when I tell people how important it is to document their life, they think short term. They think, oh, my life's too boring. There's nothing interesting to say. Or when it is interesting, I'm distracted by how interesting it is and I don't want to waste my time writing it down. So they think too short term. They don't think about the generations that are going to come that are going to wish they knew who you were that are going to wish they feel connected to you, that are going to wish, you know, they knew who grandma was or great grandma was or great great grandma was, you know, those, they don't think about the fact that there's going to be generation after generation after generation of your family that is going to wish that they knew you and that you passed up that opportunity because you didn't feel like documenting your life, Um, you know, or they don't think about how just because your life is boring or confusing or depressing or whatever in this season doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way and doesn't mean that you can't learn a tremendous amount by just acknowledging life for what it is. You know, life is full. It is full of mountains and valleys and it is full of trials, tribulation, grace, joy, you know, moments where you feel comforted, moments where you feel sky high, moments where, man, man, is life good. 
And there's going to be other moments where you're like, man, this really hurts. This is really painful. And I don't know what to do about that. And that's okay. And there's something really kind of beautiful in that. And there's something really valuable in that. And I think too, telling your testimony, even just parts of your testimony, it doesn't have to be your whole testimony. Telling pieces of your story, you don't know how it's going to impact another human being. Like this confession that I included in this very long podcast episode, you don't know how that's going to impact someone else. So maybe in me being honest about the barriers that I'm experiencing, I've somehow helped someone else or comforted someone else or um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what God's plan is for motivating me to express that but I think that you know he usually knows what he's doing I gotta I gotta say I gotta say God has a way of knowing what he's doing and so even if I am struggling and just blowing my way through this I think that he's teaching me a lot right he's teaching me that this is a really, really powerful tool to stay connected to people, to stay um, feeling loved by people, to express love to people. It's a really powerful way to learn, to just, just, to just learn, learn about yourself, learn about life, learn about what's important to you, learn about, you know, who you are, where you've come from, who you want to be, and also set other people up for learning from you. You know, not every lesson do you have to learn on your own. You can learn lessons from other people and through other people's experiences. And that is completely acceptable. And on top of that, like, just invest in yourself. Invest in your future. Invest in the people who love you. Documenting your life isn't just investing in you. It isn't just about you. It's about the people that are coming after you. Because those people are going to be the ones who, I mean, if you choose anyways, are going to have those stories to carry on with them when you're not there anymore. And life is worth it. (laughs) You know, God blessed us with this life and he made these lives worth living. And no matter how dark some of your experiences have been, Like God is the light of all mankind and he provides that light for all of us. And that light is in you when you choose Jesus and when you stand with him. And so I think to myself and I think, man, my story, some pieces of my story are so dark that there's no way somebody would listen to that or read that and ever look at me the same and then I also think well maybe God is calling me to tell those stories because he's gonna be the light he's gonna shine the light on that darkness and that light will overcome that darkness and so I think maybe that's it maybe that's what he's calling me into is like just trusting his light. 
that his light overcomes all darkness, including mine, no matter how long I have kept it in silence, that it's never too late to trust that his light will penetrate that darkness and overcome it. Um, and I think that maybe he will use that as, you know, encouragement and motivation for other people to do the same, to stop holding on to that darkness. And when you allow that darkness to sit in silence, that's what you're doing. When you don't let it out, that's what you're doing is you're holding on to it. And so I think that's what he's teaching me too, is that I don't have to let anyone read it until I'm ready, or maybe I'll never be ready. Maybe my eyes will be the only eyes that see it. But if I let it out, maybe what I'm doing is putting it in the light and maybe I'm cleansing myself of that, you know, kind of dark place that it's just been sitting in. Does that make sense? Like, I think I'm just processing things at this point. (laughs) Oh, bear with me. I think that maybe that's the point is like, I literally, like, can't fathom somebody reading certain parts of my testimony without feeling, like, a sense of, like, shock and, like, terror. Like, there's aspects, there's there's points in my story where I feel like if someone were to read it, they might never, not only would it potentially scar them, but they would never, ever look at me the same way. And they would never, maybe they would never want to talk to me again or be around me again because they wouldn't be able to see me without thinking about what they've learned. Like that's, there's there's points in my story that, that for me personally feel that bad, that feel like, you know, the point of no return, that feel like, they would become someone else's nightmare. You know, there's points in my story that I feel like if someone were to read it, that it would traumatize them. Um, And I know that I am lucky too. So that's a weird thing too. Like when you're a trauma survivor, there's a lot of conflicting emotions uh, that go on. And one of those for me is knowing that I'm lucky because no matter how dark those things are and no matter how dark those things created more darkness, if that makes sense, um, I still know that it could have been a hell of a lot worse, that it could have lasted longer, that it could have been more severe, that I could have, it could have broken me the way that I thought it was going to. I know that it that people in this world have gone through so much worse than me. And so there's a part of me that looks at those nightmare <laughs> provoking stories and thinks, well, it could have been worse, so why the hell am I complaining? Like, it could have been worse, so why am I showing anything but gratitude? It could have been worse, so why even open my mouth at all? And I think that that is probably the enemy, because that doesn't sound like Jesus. I think what's going on there is that the enemy is trying to persuade me 
to compare suffering in order to silence me. He's trying to put me down in order for me to not tell my story. And I think that God wants better for me than that. I think that God has been showing me for six plus months now that yes, it could have been worse. And yes, you can be grateful that it wasn't. But that doesn't mean that you weren't allowed to feel the way you felt, that you weren't allowed to acknowledge that you suffered, that you weren't allowed to be honest about what happened to you. Just because there is always something out there that could have been bigger doesn't mean that you are somehow invalidated, that you are somehow unacceptable in being affected by what was done to you and so I think that too is something that he's trying to teach me and something that I have to be reminded of over and over and over again as I think about sharing my testimony or I think about even writing my testimony not not sharing it but just writing it is I'm allowed to have experienced things that really hurt me and I'm allowed to feel hurt by those things even if it could have been worse. The fact is, is that it happened and that it did something to me and that I'm allowed to process that and I'm allowed to acknowledge that it was so painful and I'm allowed to acknowledge that, you know, it scarred me and traumatized me and did things to me that I'm not proud of. You know, but at least I trust that Jesus will continue to heal me because I got to (laughs) say, you might not know what I went through, but I will say, even if you're one of those people who's been there when I told my testimony, even if you're one of those people who knows some of the surface level details of what happened, the amount in which God has changed me is almost insurmountable the amount in which god has healed me is almost incomprehensible the amount in which i know that god is good and that god is there for me and that god has been there for me is incredible because i can look back on the person that i was when those things happened to me and look back on the person that I was after those things happened to me, and I can look at the person that I am now, and I can know for a fact that God has changed me, that God has healed me, that God has shown up for me, that God has been present and by my side and in my heart and in my life because I am not the same girl who had those things done to her. And I am not the same girl who, you know, had to walk away from that and figure out how she was going to survive. And I know that God saved me. And so it's interesting being a trauma survivor and being a Christian because you have this testimony where saving doesn't feel 
I don't know, hypothetical isn't really the word, but it feels so true and very literal. (laughs) You know, it's one of those testimonies that I went through a season in my life where I knew, because I wasn't always Christian, right? I have only been Christian for coming up on six-ish years now, where I knew that my life had to change no matter what. I went, there was a point in my life that was a very significant, very concrete turning point where I I remember standing in my studio apartment and thinking to myself, one of two things is going to happen here. I am either going to change my life or I'm going to end it. And I knew that with complete and utter certainty that this it, this change will happen, that there is no other choice and that if it doesn't happen, then I will end my life 100% because I cannot continue on the same way. And so I asked myself, I asked, what is going to stop me from ending my life? You know, and being really honest, really you know, no hold bars, what is it that is going to prevent me from killing myself? And the answer was finding the truth about God. It just rung in my head. This was way before I was a Christian. And he said, I have to know the truth about who God is and what that means and what that relationship supposed to be, I have to know. I have to know the truth, no matter what. And that is the only change in my life that has any shot at preventing me from taking my life. And so I pursued that with everything I had, and so the story goes. And it's so interesting to look back on that because even though I didn't immediately find Jesus, you know, it there was a process there to be sure. And even though I made a lot of mistakes along the way, I just think, like, he saved me. Like, really, truly. Like, I, this is not a total derailment, I promise, but I am a big supernatural fan. And so when I think about my testimony, I even think about that cliche quote from Castiel when he pulls Dean out of hell and where he says, I lifted you from perdition. I think of that when I think of my testimony and I know that that's super nerdy and super dramatic of me, but honestly, that's how it feels is God lifted me from perdition. Like I felt like there was such a darkness going on inside of me that just because, you know, I didn't tell people about it and I didn't tell people about what happened to me, that he was, because he is the only source of life, because he is the only light, because he is the only one who can truly you know, break through that darkness. He was the only one who could save me from where I was. 
And so, like, when we talk about salvation, you know, a lot of people think, like, I don't know if they, it feels as literal to everyone as it does to me. And so, it's one of those things where, like, I think that's part of the reason, too, why God has kind of motivated me to tell my story is because he's like, this is how powerful I am. I am this powerful that I can take somebody who was so lost and it's not like I was some crazy sinner. It's not like I was some like, you know, like it's not like I did some horrific things in life and I just was so gone. Like, no, that's not my story. I, you know, and that's totally okay if that's your story, by the way. I am not saying that as a judgment. I'm just saying it as like God gives us our unique stories because it is a demonstration of his love, his grace, his mercy, and his power. God gives us our personal stories because he wants us to share them. God gives us our stories because they matter, because they're his story, because he is the main character, because he is the savior and he shows how much of a savior he is through our stories. And so I think that God gave me that kind of story to show people how powerful he is, how gracious he is, how merciful he is. Because sure, it's not like I was some terrible, horrible person who treated people like, no, that's not, that's not what I was. But I was somebody who had experienced some very dark things and had held on to that darkness on the inside and had not told anybody or maybe one or two souls you know that happened to me at the end of college where you know I was this close to killing myself and that wasn't even the first time <laughs> like you know that's part of my story is you know, even just acknowledging that is uncomfortable. Even just acknowledging the fact that I've been suicidal more than once in my life is very uncomfortable, is very vulnerable. And yet here I am blabbing about it on a podcast episode. But it's just interesting because that's something that like I've been pretty selective with who I've told that to um, and I've told them in conditions in which everybody was telling their life story and their life testimony. But even then, I didn't really emphasize it. I just sort of acknowledged it and moved on. Um, and so it's interesting how God can take somebody's story like that and say, look at me. Look how much I am capable of. Look how much I am willing to give. Look at how much I can heal you. Man, can I heal you. Man, can I change you? Man, can I provide for you? Man, can I love you? Because in my life and in my testimony, there were long periods of time in my life where I felt totally and completely alone. And maybe that's why, you know, that level of darkness was so easy for me. And maybe that's why keeping silent about said darkness has been such a regular part of my life is because it just felt like that's the way you do when you feel alone. And yet here I am now, a Christian for almost six years, and I gotta tell you, once I accepted Christ, 
I have never felt that way again. Not to the same extent. Don't get me wrong. I felt alone. I felt alone. I felt isolated thanks to COVID or I felt insecure about friendships and stuff like that. I've definitely had lonely feelings, but it's not the same because I can feel the difference. I can feel the difference. Before I had Christ, before I accepted the Holy Spirit into my heart, when I felt alone, I felt like no matter what I did and no matter where I went and no matter who I talked to and no matter who was around and no matter how I acted, that no one could reach me and that no one wanted to. There's a very different type of isolation that can occur when you don't have Jesus. It's like, it's not like I feel lonely and I need to hang out with friends kind of loneliness. It's kind of, it's like standing at the edge of an abyss. That's honestly how it felt. I know that's a very dramatic explanation, but that's how it felt. It felt like if I was standing at the edge of an abyss, like I was on a cliff ledge looking over to a dark abyss and that the only things that I felt around me was the gust of the cold air trying to push me off. And that's the kind of loneliness that I felt before Christ, where there was no one who was ever going to come for me. There was no one that was ever going to be there. And I've never felt that since coming to Christ. I felt high amounts of social loneliness. You know, I felt high amounts of isolation. I've felt, I've even felt high amounts of discouragement, you know, and, um, and feeling let down by the people that I thought were in my corner. But what I have not felt is the sort of whole existence loneliness that I felt before. Whereas, like, my soul, as, like, cheesy and corny as it sounds, like, my soul has never felt lonely since coming to Christ. I have always felt the Holy Spirit, even in despair. I have felt the Holy Spirit, even when I'm sitting there bawling my eyes out, just losing it. I have felt the Holy Spirit, even when all I feel is that deep, heavy ache from sobbing and wishing that people tried harder. I have felt the Holy Spirit. And so I think that, you know, God allows things to happen, even when those things in the moment are so awful, (laughs) because he knows what he's doing. And he knows that no matter how painful it is, that he's there, and that he's coming for you. And that he loves you and that he's going to take care of you. And that no matter what you went through, he will and can heal you. I think there's so many experiences that I had before Christ that I genuinely, until Christ, thought that that was it. Like, I was never going to heal from that. That there was no coming back from that. That's kind of what trauma does, is it makes you feel like there's a permanence 
to the damage that was caused, that that damage will never go away. And that that's just a part of who you are now, is the darkness that has been put upon you. And when you have Christ, though, there's this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-gracious God who sacrifices his only son to ensure that you are with him and by his side for the rest of your existence. And he adores you and loves you to such an extent that he gives his own life and gives the life of his son for your redemption. That God is so much more permanent than any thing that this fallen world can do to you because this fallen world is temporary and God is eternal. And so I think even for people like me who have had stories where, man, talk about a nightmare. He allows those things to happen because he is that much greater, (laughs) you know, because there is somebody out there who's going to benefit from knowing the fact that there's somebody in this world who is like them, who has experienced terrible things and who still loves Jesus and still can heal. Like he has healed me so much, so much. Like granted, I still remember things (laughs) because, you know, that's life and you remember things that happened to you but they don't have the power that they used to have they don't have the control that they used to have they don't have the damage that they used to have they don't have the authority that they used to have there is such a difference between being somebody who knows that they are loved by Jesus and that knows that they are the embodiment of the Holy Spirit and also being a trauma survivor and then being somebody who goes through something like that and doesn't have that. Like, I have God on my side. God. Like, the creator of all of existence. Like, God is on my side. Like, when like when God is with you, who can be against you? Right? That's a very common turn of phrase for a reason. When God is with you, who can be against you? And so, He has me examining my story and motivating me to tell the stories of my loved ones or my story. And I think it's to glorify him. I think it's to show his, you know, glory, his extravagance, his, you know, God's riches at Christ's expense, like his him it's to show him and i personally am very thankful that i've been given that story that i am somebody who carries the story of god with me that my testimony is a tool for god's goodness and for god's you know glory and for god's kingdom i think that even though i am still trying to teach myself how to be honest besides just surface level 
facts um, that, you know, God has a plan for all of this and it's a good one. And I think too that like, I don't know what that plan is. To be honest with you, I don't know what, like why he has put this so heavy on my heart, why he has encouraged me to such an extreme and has been unrelenting in it because man, I've been stubborn. I've been stubborn. Do not get me wrong. You have no idea how hard I have fought and wrestled with God when it comes to this subject of like, I don't want to tell these stories. I don't, I don't want to tell these stories. Like, you know, people hate me and people like never look at me the same and people like, you know, look down on me or like just pity me or, you know, or I'll just feel guilty till the end of time. That's the biggest one for me. Like anytime I think about sharing um, my full story, like including the bad, I think I'm just going to feel guilty. Just like the second I'm honest about it, the guilt is just going to consume me because I don't want to expose people to, you know, some of the horrific things that can happen in life like a lot of people I know they've gone through hardship most definitely like life is hard for everybody so like don't get me wrong I don't question for a second that they've gone through trials and difficulties but most people I know have not gone through trauma Um, most people in my personal life I should say I am a counselor so I know a lot of people who've gone through trauma but my personal life um not very many have gone through like some very serious trauma like I have. And so there's this just tremendous guilt that I feel at the idea of sharing my story because like they live, you know, a more sheltered isn't the right word. Um, but they're untouched. (laughs) They're untouched by, uh, by the trenches of life in some ways. And, and so the guilt is tremendous because, I kind of think, well, shouldn't it stay that way? Like, shouldn't it stay that way? Like, why why expose people to the trenches when they were not required to be there? You know what I mean? Like, I've been in the trenches of life, um, whether because of what happened to me or because of being a counselor and being present for other people who've gone through it. Like, when you're a counselor, you're in the trenches with people like you are the one who they tell all of their, all of their horror stories to. You're the one who they tell all their pain to. You're the one who listens to the stories that nobody else listens to. You're that person, you know, you're, you're the buddy in the trenches, you know, sitting there in the mud, you know, with your gun and, and your helmet and, you know, blood slapped across your face. Like you're that soldier that's right next to the other one and you know and maybe you're wrapping their wounds or maybe you're listening to their you know their war stories or maybe you're watching them watching over them while they take a 10 minute nap who knows what you're doing down in the trenches with them but you're the one doing it when you're a counselor and so I think you know I signed up for that you know, because I knew what it was like to be in the trenches of life, because I knew what it was like to feel like nobody would ever hear me, that nobody would ever listen or nobody would ever want to, to feel like not only did I go through horrific things, but I went through them alone. And then to feel like 
that loneliness continued. Like, not only did I have to go through it alone, but then I had to process it alone and heal from it alone and deal with it alone. I know how that feels. And I don't want people to feel that way. And I felt like God called me to be the person for others that I had always wished that I had had. And so I answered that call. I felt like God said, you know what? You see a need. You understand what that need is. You understand that people need someone that cares enough just to listen, you know, and to be there and to help mentor you know, and you can serve that role. You can be that person. You can be the person that you wish that you had had during those times in your life where you didn't have that. And what's interesting too is like, I have people in my life now that I trust tremendously, that I trust to love me, even though they know that I'm a trauma survivor, that I trust to care about me, even though they know I've been through some really horrible things. And there are people in my life that I have shared details of some of my trauma with but they're like factual details like they're not like how I felt or how I thought or how it affected my mind or how it affected like my soul Um, they're definitely surface level details but they're details all the same and those details are not always easy to hear Um, and I still kind of carry definitely feelings of insecurity and guilt around sharing those details with those people but I also know that God was saying you know, it's time. Like the reason I've made choices like that, where I have started to open up about my story to people is because if I've heard any message from him at all, it's the message that it's time. It's time to open up and start trusting people that they have the capacity to love you and accept you, even though you have experienced something severe. Um, And trust that people have the heart to stand by your side, even when they know that bad things have happened to you. And so it's interesting because now I have these friends that, you know, in the last couple of years, um, kind of here and there, sprinkled here and there, I've made choices where I've opened up a little bit more about my story to certain small groups of friends or certain couples that I'm close to and stuff like that. And, uh, it's been interesting to see how that how that works <laughs> because I think that God was doing that to help me heal and help me grow and help me learn to trust people in a way that's been hard to do that. Um, and I think that he's probably done it too to who knows what kind of impact it's having on their life you know, to, to have someone in their life that they know has, um, is a survivor. I can only imagine what kind of impact that's had on their life and how God has tried to use my story to help them grow and help them learn and help them figure out what they need to process and what they need to grow from and, and all of that. I just think that, you know, I've talked now for over an hour about this, but I think that, You never know why God uses your story or what parts of your story he's going to use. You never know fully what his plan is or what his intentions are, but you do know that he is good and you do know that he loves you and you do know that he is powerful and you do know that you are designed to be adored by him (laughs) 
to be treasured by him, to be loved by him, and to glorify him. That is literally in your design, in the fiber of your being. You were designed to glorify him. In the fiber of your being, you were designed to be loved by him. Like, I am a firm believer that if you knew, like truly knew how much God loves you, the only thing you would ever do is run straight to his arms. The only thing you would ever do is beg to be in his presence. The only thing you would ever want is to worship him. If you could fathom the level of adoration, the level of commitment, the level of love, the level of kindness, the level of goodness, the level of dedication that he has for you, you would never ever want anything but him. And you would never want anything but being with him and then sharing him with those you love. I mean, you'd be scrambling to be by his side and you'd be grabbing everybody you could on the way there. You know, and I think that that's what our testimonies are here for is to demonstrate that, is to show that his love is a love worth having, that his love is so big, that it's so much bigger than any trials that we face, than any monstrous things that we go through, than any darkness that we've experienced, no matter how long we've experienced it. God is so much bigger than the failings of man. God is so much bigger than the selfishness of God or of man. God is so much bigger than than the shortcomings of man. God is so much bigger than the sin of man. You know, people put a lot of faith in the shortcomings of mankind. And if they learn to put even a fraction of the faith that they have in the ways that people have failed or the ways that people are going to fail, if they'd even put a fraction of that faith into God, their world would turn upside down and their life would be very different. This world would be very different. I think there's so many stories and people in, you know, that I've seen where I think, man, how different your life would be if you put even a fraction of the faith that you have in the mistakes of another person even a fraction of that faith, if you were to put it into God, how different your life would be. I think that, and I think, wow, I want, if I can see that in another person's life, then I sure as hell can see it in my own. You know, if I look at the things that I've been through, and if I feel more faith towards the monsters that I have encountered than I do towards the God that I have, you know, been created by, then there's an issue. You know, if I have more faith in people letting me down than I do about God coming through for me, then there's an issue. If you know what I mean, like to, to feel those, not insecurities, that's not really the right word, but like to focus on the fact that people can let you down or have let you down in the past. People can hurt you or have hurt you in the past. If you focus on how people have failed and that is more of a motivation for your actions than the fact that God has succeeded, then I got to say, there's probably an issue. Like maybe you're not seeing the full picture or maybe you're not paying attention to the full picture and maybe you need to start documenting your life 
you know, and start recognizing God's presence. Because I got to say, I have been through some dark stuff, as I have indicated to you in this podcast. But I know with complete and utter certainty that God is in my life and God loves me, God chose me, and therefore God has always been there. And so I think that is like one of the other million reasons now for documenting my life is identifying Jesus in any and every moment of my life. He was there. He was there through every dark experience, through every horrific experience, through every scarring experience. He was there and he loved me and he saw me through it one way or the other. And, you know, he made sure to continue to grow me into the person I am and to the person that I'm going to become. You know, I am excited to see how much more growth is in store. And I'm excited to have documentation of the growth that is happening and the growth that's going to happen. I am excited to get to a place where I can be better about documenting my life's and be better about documenting the stories of the lives of the people who have impacted me because I know that it's going to glorify Jesus and I know that it is going to help us somehow. Somehow that there, this would not be so evident on my heart. This would not be so um, consistent on my heart for no reason. And I got to say, it's been really freaking consistent since March. It has been, so yeah, gosh, since, well, since like the end of March. Um, so beginning of April, it has been so, so consistent that there's no way that God isn't going to use it. I don't know when, I don't know how, and I don't know with how many people, but I do know that there's something to this. And I really hope that um, you get something from this, that you recognize that like your life has so much meaning and has so much worth. And no matter what you've been through and no matter what your barriers are and whether you're struggling like me to tell your story or whether you are worried that your story's boring or whatever it is that you see that like God wants so much better for you than to be not excited about your life. Like God wants you to, to enjoy your life and to be excited about it and to celebrate it and to share it. And like God wants that for you because it's so good and there's so much good that can come from it. And so I am definitely wanting to, obviously who knows with how busy of a person I am, I am definitely wanting to do a series um, that's really focused on storytelling. And I would love, love, love to tell other people's stories, not just my own. Um, there's definitely, I am not at a place as you can probably tell with this particular episode to share my full story. Um, but you know, I definitely want to tell the story of my grandpa, um, because he's such a significant person to me and it's just been something that's been on my mind for months now. So that will hopefully be coming soon. And I am hoping that there will be other people in my life who are willing to share bits and pieces of their testimony, um, or just their story, 
and we'll just see where this goes. Um, I'm hoping to also make video content related to some of these stories. Um, I actually am going to be going on a trip to Reno soon, which is one of the many places that I lived for a couple of years when I was growing up. And it's also the place that I lived when my grandparents were the ones taking care of me. And so, um, it'll be interesting. I'm hoping to get footage of some of the places that were like really commonplace for me when I was that age, uh, just so that there's some kind of visual point of reference. I think it would be nice to also reach out to one of my aunts and see if she can provide some more pictures of our grandparents. Well, her parents, my grandparents, um, cause it would be nice to have those as documents. I have a couple of pictures of my grandpa, but not very many. And I'm really hoping that she has more, um, but I don't know for sure. But yeah, I just think that, you know, I was very long winded. That's just kind of how I am though. Um, but it's just something that, you know, God called, I answered and I answered really slowly, but I still answered. And <laughs> I just want to see where this goes. Um, this podcast is obviously not dedicated to just strictly storytelling, but I, like I said through, man, this episode is long. I apologize through this episode I just think that there's something to that and so I'm going to keep rolling with it and see what happens um if you are interested in being a part of this podcast if you are somebody who wants to tell some of their testimony some of their story or just you know want to I just think that like people's stories can um provide so much perspective and provide so much information about how the world works and how people are and it's just so cool so if you have any interest in telling your story no matter what piece of your story or maybe you're interested but you don't really know exactly what you want to talk about feel free to reach out to me and we can definitely have that conversation i am so open and excited to share this platform with other people i want other people on this platform um so if you are interested in being a part of this um, storytelling sort of documenting your life I don't know where this is going exactly idea come talk to me and we will figure it out and we will make it happen because I would love 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 to share um, anything that you are willing to share um, I think that would be extremely cool so let me know if you are interested and we will make it happen um past that I think that is it thank you so much for listening if you got to the end of this episode kudos to you you have the patience of a saint you're awesome and I am very grateful for you um, for those who didn't get to the end of this episode I completely understand because I can't believe that I literally just rambled about this for an hour and a half so those who stayed you the best. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you guys soon.